When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't understand you Wheel of Time fans. You're like, it's got flaws, but oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> Basically, you just don't like good literature is what you're selling. <laughs> you, if there's not enough blood and gore and action in your book, you eh, pass it along. <laughs> You know what? I'll take the straw man. <laughs> I, I know you need this. I'm, yeah, no, I, I'm throwing the straw man at you. <laughs> I'm getting defensive. <laughs> I understand. I, I get defensive when it's like, what do you mean Red Rising isn't perfect? Welcome, welcome, everyone, to the Two to Realm podcast. My name is Richard. My name is Austin. And I am excited. You know, we're there for you. We're doing what you ask. The Dragon Reborn is book finally three. here. Yes. I think this is a little quicker than the last book. It yeah. might be. These, this is book three, Wheel of Time. We are on this journey where you're rereading Wheel of Time. I'm reading I'm it just the having time. a great time. Yeah. You're having a very lukewarm time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, after watching the Wheel of Time show, we reviewed that last week. Mm-hmm. How do you feel now that we get to talk about the book series? Oh, so much better. Yeah, it's it's just more fun. Yeah, I like talking about things I like. It's great. It we're gonna we're gonna talk spoiler joy. free at first for five ten minutes, maybe a little quicker because hey, mm-hmm. if you're on book three, you should be joining us on this journey. Rich, book three, Wheel of Time, spoiler free, of course. Thoughts. Well, before I give the thoughts, I do want a little saint, shameless self-promotion. Of course. If you're interested in talking with us about books, you can join us for our exclusive Patreon book club. Click the link down below. You can join us, talk with us about books once a month. It's a lot of fun. Our Discord and our Patreon is just a faction of people who like Red Rising. And it's a very small faction, mind you. And, you know, they're, they're <laughs> team me. Somehow there's a team me out there. Mostly it's like a Wheel of Time and general opinion that are team Richard. Well, I do think the will of the majority. Like, typically there is, there's knowledge. There, there's wisdom in the mob. Right. You know, the mob tends to agree with me. That's and right. And then there's the rebellious few that need to be put back down to the dirt like yourself exactly and i think germany would agree at a certain point <laughs> <in history. laughs> all right so the spoiler free thoughts then what do yeah. you think about dragon reboard book three wheel of time okay overall i enjoyed this reread so much more than you? i liked i liked it on my first read uh second read through i loved it oh Ooh. my god there's so many moments that i i have the benefit mm-hmm. of thinking of there's some character moments that meet are so special because I know where the characters go. Yeah. And it's special yeah. for me where I'm, I'm actually seeing some, I know there's some scenes in here that I think are good and well-written and fun, but won't mean much to you. Oh. You won't, you won't know why it matters. And that's, uh, that's fair. You're not supposed to. Okay. I felt a different way about it yeah. because I know more on the context of the story. But overall, I thought it's a unique spin on, taking the main character and basically you get his story in passing and you don't get much you get to see his uh-huh. you get to see a story through the reflection of other POVs yeah and that was a fun 
twist on this that I really liked for this book. Yeah, the less of Bland ran, the better, right? (laughs) (laughs) But the, the interesting thing is you could look on the wiki for Wheel of Time. Can you guess what percentage of the book is Rand the point of view character? I think it has to be something like 5%. Less. It's, it's less. It's 2.4% <laughs> on the dot. They, they went on the Wheel of Time, and whoever put up these numbers counted every little portion he's in. Of you know, He's not even a, chap, a, a perspective for a certain chapter. He'll just have the end of a certain chapter. Yeah. 2.4% of the book. And oh, yeah. that's the thing I was looking up as well. This was very new in the 90s that you hadn't really seen before a book that you're following the main character but not getting their point of view, that's a cool spin on the genre. That's a cool, neat trick to make it more enticing. Of Now we got a lot more Perrin, Matt, Egwene chapters, and you can see like Perrin were getting inside his head. And Oh, this is mostly Perrin's book. It, I'll be, like, it's Perrin and Matt, Matt's book. There, there's Boy, some other stuff, change. but... Stay, stay in spoiler-free. If, you, if, okay. you're, if you're going in before book three, that's the two <laughs> big changes. Is Rand takes a... Not backseat. It's still all about... It's revolved around him. Well, where they're the either yeah. chasing him or there's bad guys and he's causing these events, mm-hmm. which we'll get into later. Things are happening. They're trickling. Yeah. But we don't really see Rand's point of view all that much. It's parent, like you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. It's You're seeing Matt, who changed a bunch. But go on that. Yeah. What, what else can you give spoiler-free to, to expand on that? If you're reading books one and two and going, man, Matt sucks. I don't like reading Matt. I was in your boat. I was there. You did not express that very deliberately in the past two episodes. <laughs> uh, hey, roll back the clip. Austin, put this in. I'm not putting it in. That's too much work. No, that's too much. No, <laughs> but just, but just trust me. On my original read-through, I didn't like Matt a lot. I really hated his perspective. Ah. I didn't want him. I didn't want him in there. Get out. On the read-through, on the reread, I still don't like him as much, but I like him more in context. Of like, I know where he's going. Okay, fine. Can I ask this and question? Book three... I, I got to ask this question yeah. of you. I hear from Wheel of Time fans, yeah. which is not me. I, I can't say that yet. I hear from Wheel of Time fans that Matt is just the best character. Matt, after, once you get Arguably. into deeper into the books, he's just amazing. He's definitely the most fun. Okay. He, he almost consistently, all of his chapters are the most fun and the most humorous. Mm. Other characters maybe have maybe grander moments and for me, more emotionally appealing. Yeah. So, like, Matt is always a consistent eight and sometimes peaks up here. But he's always a good time. Okay. Where Rand has the lows, but he also has the highest highs. It's a roller coaster. I got ride. it. So, so Matt is your Discworld. Just consistently bang, bang, bang. <laughs> consistently I'm reading, I'm having, thank you, Terry. Thank you, Terry Pratchett. I'm just having a good time. Rand, the one highs and lows, is more your Red Rising. Fair, you know what? I'll, I'll give it to you. <laughs> okay, okay, because you see what I'm saying. Where uh, yeah. I don't know if people watching our episodes here, but Iron Gold we didn't like. You know, it was a low moment, but then Golden Sun. Oh my God! Oh my. Yeah. So Rand has those peaks and lows, those valleys and whatever you call the the, the hills and valleys. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, this story is so hard to sum up book by book because yeah. it really is. A slow burn character process like the characters sometimes you don't get much of their perspective but in one book or another but Rand's character is a slow burn yeah you do see the change but he's a stubborn wool-headed sheep herder that slowly changes yeah but he does change and there's moments of like when he learns about leadership learns about the burden of duty all these th- great stuff that 
they're not in your face all the time, but by the end of the book, you go, oh, wow, he's actually changed quite a bit. Right. That's why I think his is far more of a subtle change over time. Matt's just kind of in your face fun. I, I like that I'm changing a bit over time with as I read more fantasy and sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I've noticed in our past videos, this, for example, you saying, you don't had a cheap herder, or like the wheel weaves as the wheel wills. And all, <laughs> you said in a, a past video, I could murder a curry. I yeah. now know what that means. There you go. I feel, hey. I feel in on this joke that you and the viewers have been in on, and I've always felt like an outcast. I still do feel like an outcast, but I feel a little bit more in. You feel in. I feel in the culture. Well, I want to ask you, mm-hmm. what is your thoughts on this book? Spoiler free. Spoiler what did you free. feel? Spoiler free. Feelings. Spoiler Feelings. free. And then we'll go into our rating, and then we'll mm-hmm. get specific spoilers. Feelings. I can't say I'm all that much changed from my prior reading of Great oh. Hunt. I'll, I'm going to say two things at once. One, mm-hmm. I really appreciated, I don't just mean that these are bland ran, the jokes I don't like ran and everything, but I appreciated the concept the idea of following a main character that following your protagonist, but not getting from his point of view. I'm like, Ooh, interesting little change there. Mm -hmm. My overall feeling is that I don't think, and I I think this is a part of a a corner that Robert Jordan was put in when writing these books is I think he was initially signed like the first book. He didn't know. I, I, I tried to look into this, but it looks like he originally had a trilogy or six books that were contracted that he was to write. Something like that where he kind of had to play it safe with books one, two, and three and have both an ending of sorts, but also could expand on more. It didn't seem like he knew the next book was a guarantee. Something along those lines, but I know book three, Dragon Reborn, became a bestseller, New York Times bestseller. And then from there, apparently book four is like amazing, which I, I have a suspicion here that books one, two, and three, he was put in some sort of corner. And correct me if I'm wrong, comments, or you, if you know more about this. Uh, do you know anything about this where he was kind of put in a strange spot? Definitely true on the first book. Okay. I'm not positive about two and three. Okay. So there does seem to be this kind of element. So if, no, at, if you're at this free. point, yeah, no, yeah. at this point, I'm giving spoilers for books one and two. One and two. Okay. But not three. And actually even, but I don't think this is much of a spoiler, but it's a thematic similarity between all three books Yeah, is the characters are together in the beginning they separate they have their little adventures and then they come together at the end to fight the big bad yeah that happens three times yeah and so yes the context of how they get there is very different yeah yeah. but ultimately you do feel a little bit like i've seen this pattern before i'm kind of done you said what i didn't want to say in the spoiler free section because yeah that's not too spoilery but i I don't there's a very common plot thread for each of these books which has kept me from being wowed or completely emotionally involved. Although this one had some interesting elements to it, which we'll get into. There's things I liked more, but I'm still, when I was asked this by one of my roommates, and this mm-hmm. will come down to it, was who's your favorite character in the Wheel of Time so far? Ooh, uh, for me? For you. Okay, do you want, in the context of my whole series, or by this point by in the this book? By this point in the book. By this point by in the book, book Perrin. Three. Perrin, okay. Perrin's my favorite, and then followed quickly along by Matt, and Got then it. Nynaeve. Okay, for me, when I was asked that question, I didn't have an answer. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, so sad. I was going, wait, if I don't have an answer, I can't say that I'm like in yet. I want to be part of the group. I want to be included. 
And I want to ask first before we go any further, what did you rate this book out of 10? And we can get give some explanations there. I gave this book a 7.3 official Rambler score. Rambler score, 7.3. Is that your highest so far of the first three? Of the first three, yeah. Okay. So put this in context, by the way. The first book I rated a 4.4. The second I rated a 4.8. Uh... The Dragon Reborn, I also rated a 4.8. Basically, you just don't like good literature is what you're telling me. <laughs> you, if there's not enough blood and gore and action in your book, you eh, pass it along. <laughs> you know what? I'll take the straw man. <laughs> I, I know you need this. I'm, yeah, no, I, I'm I, throwing the straw man at you. <laughs> I, I'm getting defensive. <laughs> I understand. I, I get defensive when it's like, what do you mean Red Rising isn't perfect? <laughs> it is! <laughs> so I gave it a 4 Basically... Spoiler-free version is, I think it's more and more the same. And because the prior two... it's If you're comparing, if I didn't love book two, I think it's fair to say a reader like me wouldn't love book three. Now, maybe there's a big character change, Matt, we could talk about. Because that, well, the fact that a big main character yeah. becomes we'll way ta- less of a wet We'll blanket. talk about that. <laughs> okay. But keeping it spoiler-free as I can, let's end the spoiler-free section on a good note from you and be like, hey, why did you give it a seven plus? And that, that's good stuff's <laughs> happening for you. Overall, there were plenty of great moments for me, which I still pull off. I actually, I think this is the book that I pull off the shelf most often to just reread a scene. I love, Nathan. there's some great scenes in there I love to reread. So well said, well said. We'll get into the specific scene a little later. Okay. This is your warning, viewers, listeners, viewers and listeners. Spoilers. Spoilers. For Spoilers. Time. One, two, and three. We're about to get into it. You ready, Rich? I'm ready. Emotional impact out of 10. Most Olympics, I gave it an 8 out of 10. Yeah, that's I had, great. had a great time. That's great. All I, I can go through several moments of details of I'm always having fun yeah. with the con. So it's a strange thing of there's some weird conflict and characters acting in funny manners. And in maybe other stories, I'd be like, oh, why is this character doing it this way? Like, yeah. Oh, that's stupid. But in this one, I'm like, it's the point. And so I'm just enjoying the friction mm-hmm. between the characters. The The plot is more interesting. Stuff's going on, the mystery of the world. And you start going deeper into different cultures, cities. You get more about the Aiel. I'm invested. And, of course, you got some just fun Matt moments. Matt yeah. is just always the fun time. I hate to break it to you, Rich, but your mm. subjective opinion is wrong. <laughs> I, I hate to tell you otherwise, but you know when I come at a Red Rising review and you're like, yours is always such a low ball. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. I give it a four. <laughs> so emotional impact's a four, uh, which means the average of this podcast is a six for the emotional impact. Oh, God. <laughs> I was I, I think you're, you're getting stuck in a rut where I, I think even if you read book four, you're going to be like, on principle. <laughs> <laughs> it's so well done, but I have to, no. I have to be stuck. I have to be naive. <laughs> <laughs> so you gave Nate a lot of great things. You're seeing, you like the world. You like the vibe. It gives you the feeling. I, I will be able to give you my feelings when we go through the plot of yep. why so many moments hit. hit for me. Okay. But why did it not hit for you? Why did you give it the full? Very simply put, two things. One, the repetitive pattern of people going away and coming back together is so expected that we, I've, we've already had the groups together. You have travel sequences for 60, 70%. It's not just travel happens, but you get the plot structure and then meet up at the end. And then on top of that repetitive structure, it's the beat Bahal Zaman, who's really a Shamaya, we figure out, but beat, beat Bahal Zaman, book one, 
Wait, he wasn't defeated. Beat Bahalsmo book two. Wait, he wasn't defeated. Beat Bahalsmo book three. Okay, I think he's actually defeated now for all, all purposes since we figured out it was a Shamael. But too much of that repetitive structure, which I can't blame Robert Jordan too much for. I think it's a sign of the times of where you kind of had to write in this Lord of the Rings. Not like book one, very much inspired by Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. but to get published, that is a factor that played in a book like this, where a lot of fantasy at the time had to be like that. And also having this structure, I think there was some unknowns in where the story was going and he was still drawing things out or didn't know how many books would be in the series. So whatever was going on at the time, mm. maybe put some constraints on him. But for my reading experience, it was too much of the same. And since I'm already looking at, like I'm coming from the perspective of book one and book two, characters didn't enthrall me. There's not that very easy. We've talked about this in the past where Sanderson, like with a storm like Keldon, immediately there's a character moment that goes, okay, he didn't very, I won't, I won't even say what it is in case someone has a red stormlight, but it's a very easy moment where you go, oh my God, I'm in. I'm mm-hmm. Cal- I understand Kaladin, right? I will say for when we get into the characters here that I get Nynaeve's the stubborn one. I get <laughs> Rand's the stubborn one. <laughs> I get, so there's char- yeah. a lot of characters seem to have common personality traits, but they're also different enough. So they, I, they're not badly written characters. They're just not characters I'm deeply invested in. And put that with the fact of when we get into all the categories, emotional impact, how I rate it, mm-hmm. is usually a conglomeration of the other four, plus like feelings. Like, hey, did it get the point across of what the message was? Just did I like it? If it's a horror, did it, what, did it scare me? If it's, yeah. fu- if it's a funny Discworld, what did I laugh, right? With this, there's also the fact of like when we get in the pros, I have some things there that I don't love. When we get into the plot, pacing was uh, an all-encompassing feeling of just more of the same, and it didn't pull me yet. Man, I I can definitely see like from our perspectives, and I what your focus on on why you didn't like it. Yeah, I'm not even going to say like, oh, that's why I did like it. It's not like the yeah. my mind and focus is just on completely different things. Like if that's if that's what I cared about with the book, right. then I would feel the same as you. That yeah. It's about if if I'm looking at for like I want to see a different and like if I was looking for that in the book, then I would be disappointed. But the fact that I'm all of my favorite things that I'm reading there for are very different than you. So sure. my focus is looking at I love seeing Perrin's evolution and going through like how is he pro- how does he process the ideas of destiny and duty very different from Rand and Matt and. Then you get the little, I love all the little fortunes and the prophecies with Min provides and how they interact. Rand on starting to go down a little bit of a, a death march. <laughs> like, oh, sad, sad Rand. He's, he's, uh, he's a little stretched thin. <laughs> and so you see that yeah. with Matt, I'm just enjoying it a time of just how he sees the world. And it's fun. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at all these different character moments and the character growth that they happen and how they interact with each other, and that's just so much fun for me. Hey, let's at least agree on this, right? We have our stuffed animal, Red, is sad. Let's p- put him to happy and say this. Was this book, were mm-hmm. these books better than the show? Definitely. I agree with you, bud. I agree <laughs> with you. Let's, let's turn that front up. So we can agree we, on we that. We can extend across the aisle mm-hmm. and say that. But you found, you, so you were looking for, when, when you enjoy this book, and yeah. let's get into plot next so we can get more specific again. Yeah. But emotionally speaking, I, maybe I was looking for a more progression. Yeah, that's the, you're never going to get that. Got it. Do, 
I think this is maybe something you should think in your expectations. Because yeah. I think your expectations of a book can severely affect how you feel about it. Mm-hmm. Never think that these books are going to give you a complete arc in every book. It's not it. You're not going to find it. Huh. You're, don't look for it. That's not what this is. You're going to get a complete arc for a whole series. Got it. It is one big, long story. Sometimes no. a character takes a back seat because oh. others need time to shine. Sometimes a plot point takes three, four books. Mm-hmm. But it by the end, all plot points are very satisfied. The characters are all there by the end. Do you think if you're looking the, for something yeah. in the individual... So if you're looking for that satisfaction yeah. in the book, then you're not going to find it. I was going to say, do you think that's how our podcast is? Like episode to episode, there's no completion. We still hate each other. But by yeah. episode 200, you look episode at when, when you're we retire, when we have gray hair and you look back at like, wow, we made it by the end. By yeah. episode 207, by the way, that's going to be the last episode. <laughs> how, old, how old will we be then? 207, 50 something weeks. Multiply, carry the two. It'll be, it's long away. It's a while. It's a while, but we'll make it there. <laughs> we'll get there. But eventually we'll come through. So just like Wheel of Time, by the end you see the character arc, you see the journey, and like ah, yeah, they made it in the end. I, my recommendation for people who are reading it and for you as well, yeah, when going into these books, read for the character moments and the chain, the subtle changes that they go through, and mm-hmm. that understand that this you're not going to get a lot of bombastic change. You're going to get small progression change and then moments of testing. Sure, there's going to be. Subtle changes, and then a moment where that character is truly tested, and that's the peak. Yeah, that you go, wow, oh my god, where do they come from? Like how how do they change so much? Yeah. So I would read for the character moments, not for the story, the overall or... story, not the okay. books. So book story, never you're, you're never going to be completely satisfied that way. Okay, you're going to be satisfied over a series story. Got it. That's at least how I see it. Okay. Uh, no, that, that makes sense. I, I definitely have just, I'm definitely just seeing the pattern and the pattern's getting too mundane. Mm-hmm. Want to move on to... Fair enough. Uh, Want to move on I, to... I'm going to go into the plot. Plot time? Okay. Plot, what'd you give out of 10? I gave the plot a 7.25 out of 10. I got a 5. I, well, okay. Well, I'll take it. It's, <laughs> it's, hey, it's dead average. <laughs> it's competent. It's, com- it's competent. Not just competent. I think the cool, the thing that, keeps it from going lower than five is that uh, the cool concept of following a protagonist and yeah. getting little snippets there. But explain seven. You loved it. I'm, well, I'm going to give a yeah. plot breakdown of kind of what happens and kind of beat by beat and why I really enjoyed it. Okay. And this kind of falls into what I like, what I am focusing on and why I enjoyed it so much. Okay. So this book starts off with basically Perrin, Rand, uh, and Moraine, and Min hiding hiding away hiding away from the world that knows he's the dragon reborn and we're focused in mostly on Perrin yeah and we get some interactions between Perrin and Min and Min tells Perrin about a a viewing that she sees that this woman that they just met is going to die nothing going to be changed about it she will die and it's probably soon (laughs) so Matt uh, Rand uh, Perrin looks at that, and he knows it to be true. He knows it's going to happen. And he accepts it a lot differently than someone like uh, Matt or Rant. But he still tries to do something about it. When 
the Trollocs attack. He goes to her. He tries to save her. Like, maybe, maybe there's a chance we that she'll die much later. Maybe I could buy her a few more days. And he doesn't. And then he goes beast mode. He goes full wolf. And he starts tearing it. He lets his animal side take over. And you see the reaction of all of the soldiers and everyone kind of looking at him as he's just howling with the wolves as he's just kind of torn these Trollocs out with his bare hands, teeth, and axe. And that's, it's a reflective moment. I love, and it captures a lot of where his character has gone to thus far, that he is very different from his farm boy, day, farm boy days, that he's relinquished some control. And this was a moment for him that, yeah, it worked out in the end, but it both confirms that destiny cannot be fought and that he can it's very easy and tempting to go with the wolves he wants to be like a wolf he wants to run with them but he doesn't and so we, that's something he really does have to fight himself on do you mind if i skip to a later point okay with perrin and him seeing what he could become mm-hmm. and being faced with oh this is what happens if you do completely let the beast override you and he yeah. ends up letting that person go yeah which, was a decision but he he looks at that beastly and goes seeing the consequences of what happens if you go down that path potentially it's always a good author trick to go hey frodo doesn't want to be succumbed by the ring because he could become Gollum, who we're following this whole way so that whole thing of seeing parents seeing what the consequences of him failing are yeah and i i like that moment as well that it also gives into Perrin's kind of overall worldview. He has a better foundation, foundational worldview than many of the other young, the young men from the Emmons field. But we go on. We actually do get to see Rand and sad Rand. Wait, we get to see the two point four percent of Rand. We see the two point four percent of Rand, and things have gotten a lot worse for him. <laughs> he is starting to become very much burdened with being the Dragon Reborn. He now admits that. Yeah, he can channel. There's not much he can do to stop it. He's the dragon reborn. But he's gotta re- go prove it. He's gotta go prove it, but he also is he wants to push other way because now he's fearful and paranoid of the prophecy of I'm gonna kill everyone I love. Well, if that's what I have to do, uh, maybe I can just get it done without other people. If I'm away from others, maybe I won't kill them. And so that's why he tries to do it all him all himself. I'll agree with that plot. So as Robert Ferns writing this plot, it was a great idea to not show Rand chapters because Rand chapters would have been more of the same of books one and two, that internal mm-hmm. dialogue and the same. We would have gotten a, more of a repeat with mm-hmm. the change of like he's going, he's more. It would have been a repetitive it, POV. It, it would have been a repetitive It POV, was yeah. far more effective to have yes. other characters yes. get glimpses yep. into him and just see him just going right. nutty. Like, that, uh, attacking yeah. people in his dreams and killing these people. Like, those, those are the good moments. And even the moment where he's by himself and the um, the merchants people come in. Yeah. And he's just paranoid to the nine. He may be correct, but <laughs> as soon as, like, he's just inner processing, like, what are the chances that a merchant is here of all places and finds me at this late at night? No chance in hell. They're here to kill me. As soon as they get within range, he cuts off their heads and just kills most of them. And you're left kind of going, he probably killed dark friends. But I'm not sure. I'm not 100% confident all those people were dark friends. So, but 
it's a little ambiguous. Most likely, yes. It, at least some of them are, but maybe some weren't. But beyond that, you get those moments of insanity from the other characters, which is far more fun. Yeah, you get more the, during the travel portion of the book. Things change and the characters are, are different and have grown in a certain sense. It's not a sudden change, like you said, but you can see the slow trickle. Mm-hmm. More to why my plot's not higher, of course, is along with the repetitiveness of all getting together, facing Bahalzaman, the fake-out death. The, but with Rand, and this is just, I guess, a, a preference of taste, where end of book one we get uh, Moraine saying, like, oh, the dragon's back. Rand is the dragon. Um, end of book two he finds out like okay i am the dragon and end of book three getting calendar and being like i'm like i really proved i am the dragon with so i'm 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 definitely making that more um reductive than it sets out to be there is yeah i'm giving you the reductive summary yes there's Mm -hmm. more but in the book one two three when you're looking at Rand's structure it is slightly different there's progression for sure but it's also not something for me where i'm like that needed three books to get to that point and i'll get into the pacing of the story where i think there's big mistakes with pacing Mm. in books and again i do like certain scenes where i like the choices he made again have not following rand i like the choices of of okay i like that choice (laughs) i can't i can't have the choices but then there's a pacing issue which do you want to continue with the progression of the book and i can bring this up when it comes to that yeah, time. Bring, okay. uh, I'm going to go through yeah, the from, plot as it is and interject when you... Yeah, from, interject as well with where am I wrong? Just, why is your opinion different? I, I want to let you say your piece. On yeah. that point, Rand's progression is slow, but I don't think it is the same. With, of course, book one, it's more of about him channeling. He doesn't yep. really believe he's the Dragon Reborn. He doesn't really even know by that point. And then book two, he's coming to terms with it himself on is he even he knows he can channel maybe he can hide from it but now he is the dragon reborn book three is all about now that he is the dragon reborn like how can he avoid his fate how can he run from destiny can i try like because every destiny all the stories all the things that are definitely true is he's going to break the world he's going to die a brutal death he's gonna fight the dark one and he's going to probably go mad and kill everyone he loves Mm. yeah he's gonna run like for it's kind of unreasonable to think that he's just gonna be like all right let's get it done and just kind of have like a all right let's work with moray let's kind of just go he's a farm boy basically being told that you're gonna kill everybody it's all gonna suck and you're gonna die a painful horrible death well here's where i disagree and agree i agree like we're both looking at it i did reduce reduce it more but yeah there's that there are there's a difference. It's mm-hmm. closer to being the same than different for me and how I read into it. Sure, you but want I'll, that, yeah, sped up. More. But there's think of this. It's not that um, what you just said there with Rand of like you have to. It's not like he just go boop. I'm ready to go. Well, many other books do do that, right? Yeah. So for example, it, the, it being inspired on Lord of the Rings, the whole point of Robert Jordan writing this is what would happen if the world didn't just accept the hero. What would happen if um, like there was more of an emotional toll and it was, you see what would happen if not everyone's on the side and the hero themselves isn't sure. You know, a yeah. lot of book ones are just the end of act one, the hero goes on to their journey. Frodo goes on to his journey. So it's not that you yeah. can't do that. It's just a deliberate choice to make this longer and focus on other things. Well, that it is a, a lot of this story is not just the fun adventure. It's about even accepting, would would the random farm boy who's told that he's the chosen one 
actually even decide to go on the Avenger? Do they have to basically get kicked in the pants and like forced to do it? And Robert Jordan's basically saying, I don't think this is how it would happen. I don't think Frodo would just immediate from living the way he lives in his life, how he's grown up, he wouldn't. Robert Jordan doesn't believe Frodo would just pick up the ring and go. That's what he's kind of going by with Rant. Is mm-hmm. I don't think someone would just pick up on their destiny and run with it, and everyone's like hunky dory. <laughs> it, it's definitely the choice he made. So it's over the three books. That's why it's taken this long. It's what he's trying it's, to expand on. It's definitely but a good my, choice for where Rand in his where Rand is in his story right now to show less of him. Hmm. It so that's why. Mm-hmm. I like that choice. choice. That's why plot for me, like emotional, emotional impacts less for me. The characters, which we'll get into, but plot, I have to give it the respect. It was a good choice to make. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, where I'd argue is well, not or just where my opinion's coming from is that's a good idea. Three books long, like that can work in mm-hmm. theory. But if that's going to work, you have to have a protagonist that you're maybe root for is the wrong word, but that is deeply interesting. Like you gotta. This book is being carried by a protagonist that is very dull. Is how I look at it. And so a different story. Things start to change for me. Hey, I hope. And I think past book three, I'm hoping because the structure will be different. And we'll see. I I heard book four is one of the better ones. One of the best. One of your favorites. Maybe this criticism only holds up to this point. But I feel like what the book is going for and following and following. But I mean, all the characters are following Rand and trying to see what's going Mm -hmm. on there. But if it's based on this protagonist who's having this emotional three book long journey of finally getting killed, right? This it's centered around him. You got to have some juice there, not just like some very simple things that I get someone else like you could like more Mm -hmm. like you have more deep connection with Rand than I have at this point. But that maybe that's where my my thread's not coming through is that, hey, if we're following Cal- Kaladin Stormblessed, this whole way of kings, like, I gotta be root and I gotta be like, Kaladin's a good character to follow. That's what it comes down to. Sure. Uh, I'm on the point. In most of these characters, I don't have that feeling all the time. Okay. Like I, I am looking at it that these characters are very flawed. And I'm not... Because with Kaladin... Yeah. He has his flaws and his personal shortcomings to overcome, but I don't think they're so fundamentally flawed where you're reading him and going like, ah, Cal, why are you doing that? Like, you don't get too many of those moments. Oh, I think you do. Nah, I mean, there's things for him to overcome, but it's not like you're reading going like, idiot, you stupid idiot. Why are you doing this? And there's levels of understanding or yeah there's moments where you're like you know why his flaw like you understand why he's not doing what he's like book three oh spring like you get what i mean yeah you understand you understand more whereas in the wheel oh go ahead finish your point but that's exactly it first read through it's more it's a subtle thing but now on my second read through i'm enjoy. i see the reason why they're flawed this way right and i saw that in the book in the first read through but in this one all of the characters have significant flaws that is not really in your face. And so it's fun to see them flounder and make stupid decisions. And maybe I'm not seeing the complete character there since I haven't read on where some of the decisions I don't fully understand or I'm just not like, oh, I get that. That's such a Rand thing. Yeah. And I'd say that's a flaw of me not understand of my perception. My I am I am dumb, so it could just be me of me <laughs> no, just I, not seeing it completely. I understand that way. Rand not being the favorite character at this well, point. Do you, okay, let's also that. before we get into more character stuff, like plot. Let's, yeah, let's continue I with go your, through. Yeah, yeah. So other points in the plot. Do you want to give some we, give the big points? I'm gonna go through the big points. Then yeah. we get a Gwen, a Nynaeve, and um 
Elaine in the White Tower. Yeah. Back back in there, now on a secret mission from the Amarlin to hunt the Black Aja. Uh, Egwene and Elaine go through the accepted test. We get Elaine's accepted test, which I really enjoyed of kind of a... I'm with you, yeah. The world-building aspect of like, oh, how much of it, like, is this prophecy? Is this mm -hmm. just kind of the dream world? Is this, test. is this just in her head or is this part of the future? Like, the mystery of that element is kind yeah. of interesting for me. I like that. Her being the Amelin seat. How, and, then, and then also how in each, how in each story that the ultimate test is that for her to abandon Rand. Yeah. Effectively. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm, I'm going like, Okay, one one test. Okay, the fact that it <laughs> all three, three <laughs> all three of them has some level of significance. Where I'm going, like, is there foul play here? Did mm. did one of these Aes Sedai mess with this? Gotcha. Because are they doing something to him? So I liked I liked that whole scene and awesome. definitely brutal. Then we of course get Matt is healed. Matt is healed from the dagger, and I not just, just healed. He's a whole new man. <laughs> he beats Goliath. Oh, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of my favorite duels. I'm going to have really I fun editing that. you saying that. Well. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's going to, that's going to be a fun time. <laughs> yeah. We get Matt. He's back. He's better than ever. There is like something off with him <laughs> where even he doesn't know. Like, I want to talk specifically about that and a lot with Matt and characters. Okay, yeah. Let's hold off for characters. Let's hold off on there. But, but that plot point, yeah, he changed up. Also, tiny plot point, yeah. but just so good. What? Landfear. Landfear going to Rand. Rand falls for it head like <laughs> hook, line, sinker. He's he's down bad. Meets down Perrin. Perrin's like, oh my God. Down, like, basically, Landfear is, base, is able to seduce all the male characters very easily, and they fall for her tricks every time. And so she's going along. Then she tries to do the same thing with Matt, and Matt just immediately is like, "Ah, eh, this is sus. Uh, I'm uh, gorgeous, by the way, but yeah, I want to get away from you." <laughs> like, and, and he was the interesting plot point as well. Of like, I'm going, but I did give this a five. So there's things I like, things I didn't like. Yeah. I'm so dead even, and I'm with you on this one where he's he's thinks he's being played by the Amarlin and um Silene, or, uh, Celine, uh, Celine, yeah, yeah. So he he's seeing like both of them. Both. are trying to use me yeah it's screw both of them it's like <laughs> wait you're not picking the good like one of them has to be kind of no no <laughs> so i like that there was the conflict of which one to listen to and he just listens to neither <laughs> yeah it's great and so you have you have the duel which i love i love it when stick beats sword stick always beats sword stick Lo good uh, big no stick good. long stick big stick long stick big stick beat small sword <laughs> yes <laughs> which one just so much fun. I love the moments of him like speaking the old tongue, going like, oh, shoot, wait, no, shut up. I didn't say that. And just trying mm. to distract people, just wheeling and dealing, getting that money, yeah. getting that cash. He's getting just, that cash money, as you're going to say. Getting that cash <laughs> money. You stopped yourself. You thought it was going to be cringe. Like, getting that cash. No, I can't say. Getting that cash money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's a rap scallion and he's mm. wonderful. I love rap scallion, Matt. So we got him. And then as we're getting more into the story, yeah. right? What's what are some big points as it progresses from there? Then we have Matt leave to go deliver Elaine's letter yes. to uh, to her mother. Which is this? Is this this is where I want to bring up one pacing issue, mm -hmm. if you don't mind, with that with the going to do the letter. So this is one example I found of just the slow burn that is the wheel of time. Which slow burns are completely good, but this is where I think the pacing could be better. 
Um, one super small example, but yeah. in chapter at, in chapter 27, I have at the end of this, so I'll have to go back and reread it, see if I interpreted this correctly. But Egwene, Nynaeve, and Elaine were all discussing, like, okay, we're going to get the Black Aja. We have this letter. How do we get this to your mom, Elaine? We gotta, they're, they're having the discussion going like, uh, we could do this, we could do this. Oh, I know. We'll get Matt to do it. Yeah. And then cuts to chapter 28 where the pacing-wise, what it does is it talks about, it, it has them telling Matt in chapter 28, hey, Matt, we want you to do X, Y, Z to get the letter over here. This is what we want you to do. Da, 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 da. Whereas a pacing in a different book, or maybe if it was cut there, would have just cut to chapter 28 and had Matt's reaction saying like, no, and then filling in the, filling in the gaps for the reader. Whereas, oh, go ahead. Mm. I, see, like, I fundamentally disagree. I, okay, here's where I disagree with what you're about to disagree with, where we have the conversation, the information we just got in chapter 27 of the three of them talking about this and saying we're going to get Matt to do it, and mm -hmm. then cutting and having the same conversation with Matt, where you could still get the effect that Jordan is trying to get across of Matt's reluctance and the interaction between the characters without retelling the same information that the reader just got in the prior chapter. That's where the pacing's off for me, where same information, so the economy of words there and trying to get it across is just, I think, incorrect, where you can get the same effect by reducing that. See, I disagree with, I like seeing seeing the trio, the, the girl trio, talk yeah. about what they're going to do, and then the end of that was, oh, Matt. Yeah. Like, one, you get the, from them, you get what, they, one, it's their mission, where are they going, it's not where the letter, the letter's kind of the afterthought, you're mainly, that whole scene is about where they, are they going to spring the trap, are they going to try and trick the Black Aja, Mm -hmm. A little bit arrogant, thinking that they're just going to head... Like, they know it's a trap, and they're going to trip it anyway. Okay, they're young. They're going to learn. <laughs> but okay. then you get... But I need to send a letter or else... Like, you know, my mother may, you know, start a war. <laughs> so I need sure. to... But we had the Black Aja. How are we going to get this letter there? Matt. Then we get, we get to Matt. And I think it's a great dichotomy of how men and women interact in this series. Is them talking to each other was very logical and normal and they're going back and forth the pros and cons and weighing everything and just talking honestly to each other about their options they go to matt and where you could just ask him hey can you uh i know you want to leave here can you deliver this letter no they come in there elaine tries to a little bit flirt with him apparently they had this conversation before they're mm. trying to manipulate him even when like it wasn't even necessary that right out of the gate before they even get a no, they're trying to manipulate Matt. And that's the information we're... We're not getting the information about the letter or anything, but mm -hmm. we're getting from Matt's perspective of, my friends, my friends, you came to visit me. And they're trying to manipulate him again. But do you see what I mean of that manipulation can be explained without giving the same information again. So, for example, the cutting to that scene and Matt saying no and so forth, you can write in there with the dialogue of him saying no, of whether it's narrative or how they're positioned in posture. Like, none of their attempts work. Like, Elaine did X, Y, Z to stop her attempt. Oh, go ahead. But that's the point. It yeah. wasn't. The, yeah. the, re the reason why you can't cut anything from that is that they already did cut. It's, we need to talk to Matt to get the letter. Yes. And, and then that's their conversation. And then it goes right to them actually asking, asking Matt. Matt what they talked and about, right? They and they basically kind of lie, and you get now you're from Matt's perspective. Matt's being an ass. Mm. He is. He he's a rap scan. He's an ass, but he's our ass. And so you see what he's disrespectful toward toward the girls. Mm -hmm. 
but they start manipulating him and that's what the whole scene's about is the relationship between them you get great scenes that is late i think really important later on the book okay i love all that some of my favorite scenes is really yeah okay i love every part of that especially when matt at the end of it says hey look because he's being he's being a dick to him he's flirting he's being rude but by the end of it he's like hey look you guys are doing me a solid i i had a hard time i can't actually get out of the tower Mm. you guys are helping me out if you guys ever need help just let me know i'll come running you guys help me out and they laugh at him for it and going ugh men if you need a man you need him right then not at some future point in the date Mm. and he's like well screw you too (laughs) i'm just trying to be nice okay okay yeah go on and that's later on in the book got it he matt is right there when they need a man he's right there at the right time so it's a character moment of you want to see how the the woman interacts with matt and trying to get him to say yes their attempts at getting to say yes is what's necessary there Oh, yeah, just their interactions on how Got they it. deal with Matt and how Matt deals with them. How Matt okay. looks down on women. And he, he doesn't, he thinks them less capable yeah. and also manipulative. Yes. And then I they don't help him. They, they do not help themselves make a better impression because they come right out of the gate trying to manipulate him. I'll concede that then because I think maybe how I was reading into it was um, because I'm not interested in the characters, those interactions as much, I didn't feel like I got anything new out of it. So I'm just hmm. going, the same information to me just happened. But you're totally right then. If there if there is more character development that's happening. Yeah, no, it's it's I guess purely that's the case. it's purely a character point. You're yeah. not getting any new plot information. What yeah. you get from it is the girls immediately go in, they do not tell Matt anything of their plan. They just immediately okay. demand him go deliver this letter. And as soon as Matt tries to explain mm. that he's stuck, they lambast him and they're rude to him. Got it. Now, that's based on prior history because okay. Matt's a – he's a jackass. But – Got it. That okay. that whole interaction – and then it's paid off at the end of the book. Okay. Then that's maybe, why that Maybe it couldn't important. have been done the way I'm thinking um, because it would get rid of those moments. And The reason why you may yeah. feel information has to be said twice, especially with the women, is yeah. this whole series is about some characters know information and other characters don't. Right. And so you have overlapping moments of – the women going to the men and trying to get them to do what they want yeah, and try and execute their plan without telling the men anything about the plan. Okay. And so you have this, and the same thing with the men, the men are trying to do this thing and then they don't trust the women to actually be able to capable of doing anything. So they're just okay. trying to rescue them. Mm-hmm. And so you have this dichotomy that both of them butting heads all the time because they're not working with each other. They're mm-hmm. working against each other. That makes sense. That's all the big character moments I have. So, okay. So it, it seems like it's not a pacing issue then. It's just the character development, which is slow. Yeah. Slow burn. It's supposed to be a slow burn. And I didn't pick up on that or I didn't... Something about just the way I'm reading the wheel time or something about me not being as invested in the characters. I'm like, we already know yeah. this. And to me, the interaction back and forth of them seeing the difference in how they treated Matt wasn't interesting because of whatever my frame of mind was. And thinking of that going forward will help. Yeah. will help how I read into it because I'm looking there like, hey, we just talked about this, the last chapter. Like, why are they saying the same thing? Like, just, you know, have Matt say no, and then mm-hmm. maybe there's a way to to weasel in their attempts. I don't know. Uh, but mm-hmm. seeing it from that perspective of, sure, I could, I could see how maybe his writing style and just him trying to get this slow progression of these characters and the constant interaction. Well, to give you... Th- 
I get this. I don't think this is a spoiler, right. but the number one thing Robert Jordan is writing, but the biggest theme of mm. this entire series is that men and women work best when they work together and not against each other. And Got that it. the differences between men and women are complementarian. That is key. Is complementarian a word? Did you just like? Did you just take a libertarian and went complementarian? I guess I mess up words. It's fine, but yeah, men and women are complementary. Yeah, that is that is like the main lesson from the book. Gotcha. And most of the conflict comes from men and women being antagonistic. Okay. Oh, that's good. Okay, so I, I learned something then. So going forward, think of it that way when things things are meant to be repeated. Things are meant to, you're supposed to see them from different angles. You're supposed to see the woman's point of view okay. and the man's point of view okay. and how both views are twisted Got and it. both views are wrong. And the moments when things work out well, it's normally because they have like a moment together where they're actually working together. You know, I, that's fair because I could see in a, let's say a book I'm more invested in, like a, 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 a Discworld book because we've been bringing up that, that so often, mm-hmm. like s- seeing Death and Mort have the same conversation than having Mort and someone he's meant to, uh, I won't name any other character, but then let's say Mort has the same interaction with somebody else. Maybe I would like that more because I'm seeing, oh, these two characters are having the same conversation, but it's different because it's not, he's not talking with death. He's talking with human. And that's what makes it the character development go forward. I'm Mm -hmm. reading into this going, all four of these characters I could give, you know. <laughs> so let's just get on with the plot. Like, where's the point? So well, may, in my of, head, I'm, yeah. All of my plot points yeah. are basically character beats. Got it. Like, I'm going through, like, a, a, we get Perrin. The stuff with Perrin, my notes on it Do is, you want to go on the characters? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I, I, Car- plot, uh, I, I want to just run through. I'm going okay, to run, run, run through it. Fire. Go, go. Perrin, he kills a white cloak. He frees the wolf brother. Fael comes on, mm. uh, comes on the team. Uh, Team Dragon Reborn, and she gets more than what she bargains for. Perrin also gets more insight into the wolf dream and a little bit more details that we get what is exactly uh, the dream world. Mm-hmm. Then we have the girls meet uh, more of the Aiel. They're captured by bandits. They're saved, and then we get more of how the... the um, the Oh, the the Eyeless. The, the Eyeless ones are hunting... Uh, Aes Sedai and the bandits are actually working together with them. And again, you get more of the Aiel culture in this book, mm-hmm. which I really enjoy. Then we get uh, Matt and Camelin shenanigans. Matt yeah. loves fireworks. He likes big boom stuff. He's just going around. He goes into a town and is like, oh, I need to deliver this letter to the queen. And they're like, you can't just see the queen. I'm going a, I'm to a figure it out. It's fine. And he just... He's like, oh, Rand climbed the wall. Why can't I? Yeah. And he climbs the wall, sneaking about. It's like, hey, queen, I got your letter. And by the way, you're, uh, this guy was trying to kill your daughter. Oh, shoot. Your lover's trying to kill you. I'm going to keep that one to myself. I'm going to go save your daughter. <laughs> Peace. And then he skedaddles. Yeah. And so you got, and also him just being intensely curious about fireworks and everyone just hating him for like stop it you're gonna kill us all it's wonderful then you get matt and the girls matt and the gals in Uh in tier but save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get half gallons of delicious kroger milk for 129 each then get flavorful tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 249 a pound all with your card and a digital coupon Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. They miss each other. And you get more of the tension between Elaine, Egwene, and Nynaeve. Yeah. Of Elaine being clearly the smartest person in the room and yet not flaunting it and being actually intelligent. Like, oh, she was raised to be a leader. Clearly. And Nynaeve not realizing that she's not the wisdom anymore and uh-huh. people, not everyone around the world at different contexts is going to give her the same respect and authority that she got before. And Egwene, and Egwene is the perfect example of she doesn't believe she should give Nynaeve that anymore, that they should be equals. And that's a big friction between the two mm-hmm. and Elaine mediating. Then we have more of Egwene going her hatred of remembering being caged and her fear and anger from the black Aja caging her again. We got mm-hmm. that. We then get Rand in the background several times of characters going like, nah, that, that, that tall guy in the back. That, nah, that can't be Rand. I'm seeing, I'm clearly seeing things. <laughs> Just several different characters yep. going like, is that Rand? Yep. That's weird. And so wonderful. We get Perrin. Perrin is now in tears as well. And we get one of my favorite moments with him is the blacksmith scene. Of him just going like, you know what? I need to clear my head. And he's just going going in, yeah. working the metal. He's having a good time. And he's has to think through his problems. What does he feel about Fayu? What does he feel about the wolf dreams? And Rand, his destiny. All these things. And we had the moment of Fayu just kind of watching him. And him just doing good work. And it's the one thing where I'm like, I buy that Fayil is kind of into him. It makes sense. For a certain degree of like, up to this point, he's just a big kind of strong guy. Him at the forge, I could see the little bit of attraction of like he's competent. He's like he's got a shirt off. He's work. He's clearly skilled. He's focused on the mesh, the his task at hand. And I was like, that's pretty attractive. That that's pretty neat. <laughs> that's, that's pretty attractive. I, like you're not all you're not all muscle. You got skill. And I, I see that. I, I it's the one romantic moment where like they're not just falling in love at first sight. <laughs> you know, like not a lane where she's like. I like that. <laughs> I like that tall guy. <laughs> Everybody loves Rand. <laughs> Everyone loves Rand. So we get that. I love those moments with Perrin. Mm-hmm. The girls are caught. We get to see Bora Egwene torture seeds and just how, how much harder she fought than the others. Everyone else kind of gave up. She was, did not want to be collared again. Nope. So makes sense. That's why Carry the real time season two messed up. But okay, yeah. Anyways. yeah. <laughs> then we get Matt and Matt, one of his just, his most endearing moments of he realizes the girls are now in the stone of tear of which he himself been talking about and everyone in the book that it is un- like only the dragon reborn can take down the the stone of tear it's impossible and he's like well my friends are in there i guess i gotta break into the stone of tear like just mm-hmm. instantly it's not a hard thing to, for him to do it's just a well, I guess I got to do it now. I have to. And everyone's like, are you an idiot? Like, this is impossible. Like, eh, I'm gonna roll those dice. Let's, I feel, I'm feeling lucky. He goes up there, shoves some, he goes up there and sees Aiel on the, on the roost and going, what the hell is going on? I'm not the only one breaking in. Mm. Sees Rand going up the wall going, what is this? And just the funny moments between yeah. them all. He just rams some, Gets all the fireworks together, wraps them up, blows a hole in the stone. It's great. And he goes in and saves the girls. He's like, 
Huzzah! I am here. I've saved them. I've saved the day again. And then they used the power. Yeah, they're like, we didn't <laughs> and need they you. Muted. Yeah. And thing is, there's a there's yeah, a brief, I, Rich, oh, can I say it. you make it sound more excited than I read it? It's like <laughs> the way you emphasize you should be the PR person for I'm Wheel of Time. Loving it. Because you're reading this, I'm going, like, that's interesting. Well, but then when I'm reading the book and I'm going like ah. <laughs> so you've def you've well, added a you've added a like a, a spazzazz to it. To give it to you, you, you have, know? and I'm getting more invested as you're explaining this. Well, we get to that the scene back then of when Nynaeve makes the joke of yeah. ugh. When you need a man, you need them right then, Who paid not later. <laughs> and then that's there, right when they need him, right when they need a man. Like Egwene is able to break into the yeah. dream and stop and like block the the black the black Aja sister, but they're still trapped in the cell. Yeah. They're stuck. Man, they still need some help. And you know what? Matt Coffin's right there. He the man is there. Right. I when have they need seen him. you talk more dully about books you've given an eight plus than this seven point two five. Whatever you've given Wheel of Time, I gotta give it excitement. You're stretching in. I love it. Let's go. Come on. Wait, and then they immediately. I love excitement because Matt comes into it and not yeah. like I'm here to help. Yep. It's. What are you idiot girls doing here? I'm here to save your butts. Let's get out of here. You guys don't belong here. We're got to go. Like yeah. stuff's going down. <laughs> there's a yield everywhere. There's some crazy people. We got to leave. And there's just like how da- like we're trained to be ice to die. Like we have a purpose yeah. here. There's a re- like we got shit to do, Matt. And you keep looking down. It's like we're just little silly girls. And so they overreact and like basically abuse him for saving them and being an ass and that's fun and tell us where we end where's the book end off the, well look at an attackful end of Perrin actually fighting destiny and fighting uh yeah his teravin uh ah uh, to um taviran taviran nature in where everyone's kind of drawn to the stone of tear because rand's kind of pulling the mirror clearly which one of my one of the plot points yeah. I really liked, just mm-hmm. to backtrack for one second, and then I'll yeah, let you go. go ahead. <laughs> uh, but Rand going throughout, and you see the effects that have happened, like all the people getting married. Yeah, for example, stuff like that adds a mystery element to like what the hell's going on, and the wheels working around him to change every place he's been yeah. to, and to pr- so it's cool. And it changes how people feel about him, mm-hmm. where people start second guessing themselves, going like, "Am I just doing this because?" you're tavered and you're kind of making me. It's like, I'm not making you do anything. It's like, well, I didn't want to do this five minutes ago and apparently I'm doing it now. What's going on? And right. so that's good. But I like that throughout this book, Perrin has been the most, uh, the most um, willing to accept um, fate and prophecy. And he just knows that he has to do the best he can. Fahil's in danger. And he fights his Tavira nature. Everyone else is in the stone helping Rand, and he deliberately doesn't. He's the only one mm. that goes out of his way, and he helps Fael in okay. the dream world at, at his own risk. That's I think it's a great moment of like it's an interesting turnaround of when it comes to people he cares about, he's willing to fight even destiny itself, something he normally accepts. Good change moment. So I I like the moment of care between them. But then we have. A cool epic battle with uh, Rand fight, taking uh, Kalendor and just, you know, he's about to get overtaken. Moraine, Balefire, which has been teased several times through several different POV, POVs, like Egwene, Rand, all of them kind of using it. Moraine just mercs a Forsaken <laughs> behind the back, which is great. So 
it was properly set up. Then Ashamael comes in and it's like, oh shit, Rand already has Kalimdor. Bye! <laughs> Just runs. And so Rand chases him down, finally kills him. Huzzah. Big moment. He Does is he now- kill him? <laughs> Book four repeat. <laughs> I promise you. No, no, no. This is, I, I, please, this, God, be dead. I promise you. No, not Book God. Four is, this, this guy. Yeah, yeah. I promise you. Book four is not. Oh, Again, thank God. It's very different. Thank you. It's its own thing. I, I will say you'd be happy to hear. I is that your plot summary? That's your. Did I? Get I think everything? you got it. You got it. The main right. thing is now Rand has ended. He now not only he accepted he's the dragon reborn, but not only that he can't do it by himself. The dragon now has his army. The people of the dragon, the Aiel. The Aiel, yes. The dragon has his army. Huzzah! Book four. Yes. <laughs> Great summary. I, so I'll have you happy to know. I raised my plot from five to 5.5. Good. That's Good. mainly because I, well, I was I was wrong about that pacing issue. So if I'm wrong about that, means the pacing wasn't as bad as I thought. So my total now goes up to a four point nine for the book. <laughs> but no, the, we'll intro way there. I, boys. We're, we're, we're there. getting there. <laughs> but the plot, because I one of my concerns with it was like, okay, there, there's some unnecessary scenes. Seems like there's way less of that than I thought, and I'll read into it differently. You definitely yeah. you, you changed my opinion on that. And now I know going forward to look mm-hmm. out for that because I did appreciate the book, the different angle it did with Falling Rand, like I said, and the the breadcrumbs that it led throughout this series. Of course, it, like we're just going to have a difference of opinion on the repetitive structure and it seeming too similar for me and mundane. And we can get in the characters to get more specific about what I liked, what you liked more. Mm-hmm. Want to do that? Character yeah. time? All right. Characters out of 10, what'd you give it? Got to go all the way back oh, to my oh, notes. No. Uh, uh, I'll, say, I'll start with mine. Go four. ahead. Mine's a four. I gave it a 7.5. 7.5. And again, <laughs> you are the wheel type spokesperson. I, we've talked pure Nessie, sort of kind You know, Golden Sun, which I you gave like an 8.5. Way higher than you gave this book. Yeah. And this you've shown way more excitement. I don't understand you Wheel of Time fans. You're like, it's got flaws, but oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. So characters, you gave uh, seven? Seven, seven, five. Seven, five. Awesome. So what'd you, what'd you like about the characters? I mean, I've been talking about it. I've, yeah. I've loved Perrin. I loved just how all the characters are very different from each other. Sure. And how they, it's, it's interesting. And there's similarities how, too. Oh no, but that's the funny mm-hmm. thing is both Perrin, Matt, and Rand are all kind of facing very similar things. Where Rand is going like, no one can understand me and my burden that like I'm I'm a monster and I'm going to kill everyone I love and lose control. No one understands me. Perrin. <laughs> Becoming the wolf and like literally going through a lesser degree version of he's losing himself. He's he's not even fully human, and he's gonna lose himself and kill the people he cares about. Mm-hmm. They do understand each other to a certain degree, but the miscommunication adds. So you get both of their perspectives and you go, oh, if only they could talk. <laughs> if only they can kind of have this moment, but they never do because they're idiots, <laughs> because they're big dum-dums. I tend to not like that trope too much, the miscommunication trope, but it can work in some certain regards. Oh, the, where this entire series is just miscommunication. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, th- there's points of like Grace of Kings when we were reviewing that. There's a miscommunication there, which I thought could have been better done. If We, we talked about that in Grace of Kings. Yeah. But there, there are parts where it could be done better. And the case where... I think it's, it's not less miscommunication. It's, le- yes. it's lack of yeah, communication. Exactly. The, the less obvious point here is where Rand and Perrin just aren't 
don't have the capability of telling each other. I think the more frustrating miscommunication is just say it. You're right there. Like that type of thing. But where Perrin and Matt can't in this book, at least. Yeah. So that I, I didn't have a huge complaint with. I want to talk about Matt for a second. Yes, please. Because my, you, my you boy. like your boy, Matt. My boy. Now, I've searched the interwebs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen what other people have thought. And my opinion on Matt is he definitely isn't as bad as the prior two books. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he, he's definitely better this book. Uh, I understand. What, I like the luck aspect. He, uh, that, it's fun. You know what? You talk on that, then I'll give my two cents. No, go ahead. Yeah. I, go no, ahead. no. So you like the you like the luck aspect and what it leads to the different interactions yeah. with him, Tom, and just beating everybody in dice. Yeah, beating Goliath. Yeah, I get- he's the fun one. <laughs> he's fun. Like, yeah. Just how he uses the how he comes across his luck, and he's just kind of going around making money, spending mm-hmm. money, and how his luck works. Of just, it's not like oh, he's lucky, and yeah. that's it. It's more of the solution. So the, the thing, the how he finds Egwene, I liked because yeah. he goes, I just need to do this by random chance. <laughs> I like how it used the s- magic system set up with Matt to go, okay, oh, yeah. this is how you solve it. Yeah. And there's certain things I, I like going further into, like he doesn't play cards well. Cards take too much skill. And so he just doesn't win as much at that. Mm-hmm. So, and how it ebbs and flows, but he can sometimes feel it. There's like a, the rattling of dice in his head, like a little bit of background, like going, something's off. I think like, and you're trying to feel whether or not, like, is that me being lucky or is that me being unlucky? I don't mm. know which way it goes. Right. So that's fun. Yeah. Uh, hey, stay with me here, right? Okay. Can we agree? Let's, yeah. let's set our grounds here. Can we at set least agree that Robert Jordan noticed this book? Like, hey, Matt has been great. I need to make him great quick. Can we, can we, let, we're, let's, we okay, agree, let's, we agree let's, on let's that. Let's sit at the table here and go like, Robert Jordan definitely went into book three going, I need to change something here. Yeah, no, I, I'm right? pretty, yeah. Okay. hundred percent. hundred percent. Now, although he is better, I yes. will say the mm-hmm. one thing to get over from me, this is where anybody watching right now knows, of course, this is Austin's opinion. Of course, he's going to nitpick this. Of course. But where Matt's change was definitely for how real time's pace, like that was a pretty quick change. It was just like, <laughs> it was a little jarring. It was, it was okay. It was very jarring. Just going from, from <laughs> Matt of the prior two books and suddenly just, oh, okay. He's interesting. Uh, now. I guess I'm here, but it's just. <laughs> Real time's one or two things. This is why it didn't seem very consistent. For how slow of a burn this book is, yeah. and how slow progression, all the as we were just discussing, this whole entire pod episode has been like, you notice these little changes with Rand over time? See, it was a little different, book one, two, and three, the overall arc, mm-hmm. just slightly different. But then magic, <laughs> nope. I, I'm, I'm now, now fun. I'm now different. <laughs> I just was completely just a bit jarring enough to where I guess I need more time with Matt to be fully on board. And it wasn't yeah. a satisfying change to his from boring to fun. Now, okay. him being more fun was more fun to read, yes. yes. But the change from prior Matt to present Matt mm-hmm. was, I guess we're here. It wasn't what you see in Fair every enough. other book, every other ri- ever, ever written, where the change that you see, that moment, <laughs> that I've been looking for. You know, okay, yeah. this, is, this is my thoughts on the character in real time. <laughs> this will explain it for anyone wondering. You're obviously not wondering, but for anyone wondering... The change in the character, you had that moment, right? Where, yeah, Kaladin, Daryl of Lycos, Mort, <laughs> all the I'm just saying that, like, more I just recently read, so that's in my head right now. Sword of Kaigen, Mamaru, Misaki, you had these character moments and changes, and yeah. boom, and you understand why they change. So, the one moment that a character does drastically change, and you have that opportunity, like, what's the moment? Yeah, I don't know what the moment is. <laughs> I will actually 
I can kind of explain it without spoiling. No, this, this is, is okay, what the, this is. What, this is up to book. three books of okay for at least like one. Matt has not been himself yeah. since quite literally like, <laughs> yeah, as soon the as dagger. they left the da- the dagger. Yes, and the he dagger, gets healed. Yes, yeah. The dagger has made him suck. Yep. He has been poisoned, and it clearly the the dagger was taking away memories mm-hmm. and overwriting them. And when he's healed, he now has these gaps in memories, right. and something else is there. There's mystery. There's hey, mystery. It's more it. fun. It's more fun. I'll but give you now that. <laughs> he's free of the curse. He's free yep. of the bad uh, muju. You know, yep. he's he's free of the, the bad stuff. I'm with you. He's there. He's now back to Rapscallion Matt that we know from book from book one. We at least know that that's how people perceive him. Right. Nynaeve is like, we never saw a, it much. We but... didn't see it much, but we know he's a rap guy and yeah. he's this, he, he plays games. He's fun with pranks and he's just kind of an ass. Sure. We get more of that, Matt, now with added mystery. Right. And him the sudden change of him being healed. Right. Yeah. That guess, is the so there, thing. There was a moment, but I'm saying like a moment. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying there was a moment, a moment with an emphasis. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> this was there was no, there was no like moment. moment. It was moment. moment. <laughs> We're on the same page. All right, that's yeah. all I wanted to say with Matt. Had to get that off my chest. I'm curious yeah. to see where he goes, but just it's so jarring. It's just it yeah. was it was there. <laughs> Loyal, I like that he's still writing his book. Loyal's just he's just a great guy. He's there. Everyone's kind. I, honestly, I feel bad for Loyal because everyone kind of abuses him. Mm. They abuse his kindness a little bit. I feel bad for you. Him. Abuse my kindness. What kindness? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, good, good response. <laughs> we have we talked enough about Rand up to this point. Yeah, uh, I, I about, talked quite a bit about Perrin. Do yeah. you, from my kind of comments, do you see Perrin in a different light, or did you feel the same way? Um, so I see what you convinced me on was more the pacing and seeing more of the characters which I'll pay attention to. I can't change how I perceive Perrin. I'd have to. I have to read it. I'll have to read on book four and go in differently with Perrin, but how I was reading it, mm-hmm. uh, I see there's a similar problems with Rand. Yes. Exactly as you said. They deal with it differently. Yes. I noticed that, and I'm on board. I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> Don't you find... Didn't you find it cool when he just went wolf mode in the beginning? No. That wasn't cool? No. I was, I, I was, just, yeah. I was, on, I was excited for yeah. that. I was excited for his fight seeds and all this stuff. Yeah. I, there's no other way to explain it other than, you know, when you watch a movie and mm-hmm. you're, you, let's say you watch a Marvel movie, not to equate this to Marvel, but you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but you watch a movie and you're like, oh, wasn't that cool? And your friend just goes, nah. It's like, oh, okay. It, or it just, hurts. We're just at a yes. standstill. Yeah, it does. We're just. <laughs> There's no, I have nothing other than I didn't feel how you felt. Yeah, I, I guess. wish I did, but I will go in. I will go in trying to soak that in more. When we talk world building, I will give yeah. a big props to something here. But do okay. you want to move on from characters? Yeah, because we talked a lot of that during plot um, as well. I'll rattle off really quickly. Yeah, and I'll just go. Nynaeve, I love her. She's rude, kind of the kind of asshole that she is, but she is caring, and her lesson that she's kind of learning here, and it's a slow lesson, mm. but it's one that she's learning is her level of authority that I talked about previously. Um, I think how she treats men is just funny. Like it's clearly just, it's wrong. And even the other women who maybe have similar, like they treat men 
also not really that fairly. I also but don't like how you treat men, specifically me. B- specifically, well, I'm, you. I'm also a boy. <laughs> but no, but how Elaine even goes like, Nynaeve, that's like, slow your roll. Like, come on, <laughs> don't be mean to the guy. <laughs> that's a little too far even for me. Right. But so I, I still love her. Elaine, I, I do like her character. Mm-hmm. I just don't like her love story with Rand. It just doesn't make sense. I, I, it, the only thing is Taviran. That's it. The headcanon also is that Rand is very much like he's a storybook hero saving the princess kind of thing. Like her being a princess, maybe she's reading like, hey, this tall guy who's clearly important to save the world. He, he seems like he's having an adventure. He's the hero of the story. Finally, I heard something maybe. negative out of you. Finally. I'm sure you have more. Com- oh, I do. You have but more complaints, but it's compared to me. Yes. So I, I feel bad. We balance each other. Exactly. I don't yeah. feel like I should bring up my no. negatives. No, no, because I'm, that's where I'm here for. <laughs> yeah. Last thing I will say is Moraine. I sympathize with her so much. Okay. Oh, poor, poor woman. Poor woman having to deal with these idiots. And she is wrong, too, of kind of keeping things secret. And, like, clearly the the method she's going at trying to lead Rand is wrong because Rand's not liking it. She's like, you got to figure out a different tactic, Moraine. Yeah. But still, these guys are idiots. Moraine's been doing this for years. <laughs> they won't listen to her. So I sympathize with her quite a bit. You you cover most main characters. Any side character you want to cover in there? Oh, there, or? there's a bunch of that. I like Tom's story. Tom, it yeah. was sad, and but he's just a interesting character to follow around. He's okay. a really good side character. You don't want him to be like the main POV stuff. There's not enough okay. there, at least right now. But he's always fun on screen. Just mm. he's can I, can I ask you then? Who's your least favorite character in this book? Least favorite? was it Elaine because of. The interaction and her, her thoughts of Rand, or would it be a different character? As of now, it's Fael. Okay. Because, one, you don't get her POV, really, so it, mm-hmm. she's more kind of annoying. She's, like, really in... She kind of sticking her nose in people's business and really being pushy to the point that, like, mm-hmm. back off. <laughs> back right. off, woman. <laughs> like, what are you doing? So... Maybe her. There's some other side characters, I guess, but... Okay. Yeah. Her, Elaine, and I guess Egwene. I like Egwene, but mm-hmm. maybe out of my favorite characters, like, least. Th- this is something important to mention then as well, because going on the discussion we have, like, this is about men and women and how they interact in mm-hmm. this world is very important. Uh, I see people taking real time in two ways. Either that's frustrating, mm-hmm. right? The, there's a side... This is my thoughts on the characters, to expand on yeah. what, what I've been saying. But some people see that as frustrating. Like, why do they treat... Like, this is stupid. They're being stubborn. And that, like, that's... Mm-hmm. it's. I don't want to read a book like this. That's frustrating. Then there's the other side of people like you that going, ooh, that's what makes it conflicting. That's what yeah. makes each dynamic interesting and seeing how that will progress. And yes, they're rude to each other and the world explains why. And it's all about when they do work together. That's what will end up coming to fruition. So there's those two sides where I think my poor character rating comes from the stance of... I am neither invested in it nor frustrated in it. So I'm left in an apathy center that I think I've said this in the past with, with some of the characters where I'm left in the middle of, I, I understand why because of the world, why they're, why men and women are treating each other differently. So Mm -hmm. I understand it world building wise, but I'm also not empathetic or like involved in the character story enough to care at this current point. I, I am worried for you going into book four. Shoot. Really? Well, here's the thing. Book four is better. Okay. It, it is improved main, 
it'll solve some of the problems that you don't like of repetitive structure. It's a very different structure. It does its own thing. It's definitely the furthest removed. Okay. Plot structure wise. And there's some twists and turns and stuff that you don't see coming. And like going, oh, that was creative. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a really cool way to do this. And I see the, the, the gears turning in characters' heads of like they're all having different plans working against each other. Yeah. So that stuff is probably going to be fixed. When it comes to characters, by this time, I, I didn't love all the characters by book end of book one. Book two, I kind of liked them. Book three, I was going like, I got some favorites. I'm enjoying it. I'm at least enjoying it by that time. Mm-hmm. The fact that you're not enjoying any character by this time, like at all, not even like a six, like just a like slight bump up of like, oh, this okay, character's overall, fun. Like, no, Matt's more fun. I'll get yeah. things like that, of course. But, like, but that, that's, the thing that's is, compared to what I thought of him before, yeah. Yeah, so book four is deep into character stuff. It's a bunch of the character drama between you between each other Mm. if you don't like the characters you don't like the characters right i hope that by there will be enough in book four that you will start to like and maybe try and look for those character interactions and Mm. see the subtle differences on how they're changing how they're interacting with each other and why they're wrong Mm -hmm. maybe you'll enjoy it more that way but i'm worried for you oh no well i've been hopeful all this time i'm like book four is the last point if you really don't like book four, like you, you give it like a five out of 10. Mm-hmm. I will actually, I give you the pass to stop reading wheel of time. You don't have to continue viewers, listeners. Tell us what you think about that. Because <laughs> I, I want to, you know, what keeps me going? What? It's not you. Okay. It's not them. It's Brandon <laughs> Sanderson. <laughs> the fact that he finished the series. I will do this for you, Sando. Uh, no, it is as well, because I, I want to be able to read The Wheel of Time, but I also want to enjoy it, of course. Yes, like, I, I don't want to force you to read something that you just... I don't want you to get to like book 10 and still be sitting at like a five. <laughs> That's not fun for anybody. I don't want to force you to do that. It's fun for it's. You're not having fun with me. I have fun. <laughs> I don't want to force you to not have fun. <laughs> no, that's that's fair. I, I'm curious to see where book four will leave off. But char- character wise, is there any other thing you wanted to stick out, or you want to go on to dialogue and prose? We can move on to dialogue and prose. All right, Rich. Then what did you give dialogue prose out of ten? I gave the dialogue and prose a six point five out of ten. Above average. Uh, slightly above average. I think it's good, yeah. but there's it's definitely not the best out there. But I liked it. Can you guess what I gave it? You gave it a three. No. <laughs> Aww, you make me look so negative. Yeah. No, I gave are. it two point five. No. <laughs> I gave it a five. Dead dead average five. I think it's, it's super competent. It's yeah. yeah. It's the main the main positive mm-hmm. for the dialogue and prose is wonderful descriptions of the world. Okay. So how they're describing the interactions. I like how the different cultures have different voices and you can tell that they have different phrasings and it gives a lot of questions. I okay. love how the Aiel, how the Aiel talk and all of their different idioms and things. It's fun for me. Cool. I will say one author trick I mm-hmm. think is pretty cool that he does. Um, I guess I'm kind of neutral on it, but he, he does this often mm-hmm. is he'll use the opposite interpretations to illustrate a point of the, he'll, he'll say one action and he'll give two different options on how the reader per, should perceive it. For example, here's two examples. To show confusion, at one point, Robert Jordan wrote this, that the person brought his sword up not knowing whether to attack or defend himself to express the confusion that the character's feeling of like, you know, he brought his sword out, 
not knowing to attack or defend. Like, what, what, uh, which, which do I do? Or another way he showed unease and discomfort was, uh, th- this is the quote, like, looked at soldiers, rem- or the, the captain or whatever, was looking at his sh- soldiers, remembering they were there or looking for confidence. So he was looking for backup or, you know, was he looking for confidence from his men behind him mm-hmm. or just, you know, just remembering they were there and was being confident. And that's a character so, looking at them yeah. and not knowing. Yes. Yeah. So it's always neat to see like, oh, you're showing the opposite reactions of, oh, how should it be interpreted? Mm-hmm. And usually you can kind of like assume as the reader because of context, which way is the real way. But other characters in the world are don't know how to perceive it. But us as the reader can kind of guess like, ah, that's the way. But so, except for the one the one difference is yeah. Perrin's always sure. <laughs> He's got a nose for things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he knows what people are feeling. Yeah, I, I will say maybe we will disagree too much on prose. I do think, of course, it's. Better than I could ever do. It's very competent. It's it's well written. But the some some things for that I've complained in the past that don't remain as true in this book is in books one and two. Everybody's described as beautiful and pretty, <laughs> and I get it. Silene has to be. That's her character. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I just mean like the the innkeeper on Fifth Street. <laughs> like everybody's pretty. But yeah. then th- th- that was less true in this book. Of like I saw it happening less. I was like, okay, we're we're moving forward. <laughs> There's some ugly people. Good. <laughs> there are some ugly people. Uh, and something that this was one, again, I'm nitpicking. I'm pulling out something that as I was reading went, oh, this could be a good example to explain my thoughts throughout all the pros. Like, you know, the pacing example from earlier of like, ah, this is why maybe a problem having with pacing. Not anymore. Oh, that's changed. But with this is a literary example of some pros hurdles that just make me not go, oh, this is super descriptive and afraid in my head. So this is a paragraph where Robert Jordan uses in three sequential sentences an analogy, then a simile, then a simile. Right, so this is the paragraph. He says, Swallowing, he eased the key free as carefully as if he were trying to take a piece of meat from a wolf's jaw. She rolled her eyes toward the door beside her and made a sound like a cat that had just seen a huge dog come snarling into the room and knew there was no way out. He did not understand it, but as long as she did not try to stop him opening the door, he did not cast why. Oh, she did not ask why she just sat there like a stuffed scarecrow. So it, three sentences in a row where it uses an analogy to describe, you know, mouthful piece of meat like a wolf straw, then a simile like the cat, and then another simile like the scarecrow, where when everything, there's three literary tools like analogy, simile, simile, I'm just going like, it would have been better, less is sometimes more to focus me in on a certain aspect. So usually if I just brushed over that paragraph I'm trying to read, I won't, as the reader, again, smaller brain here, so I need I need help with my authors. Uh, so when I'm reading something and there's those literary tools used one after the other after the other, it's hard to go, oh, that's what was being described because that description stuck out. But when he uses, mind you, three good things in a row, it's not like they were poorly written, but it's too much compact in one where if he gave some breathing room and, yeah, that's right, Robert Jordan. (laughs) You need to learn from me. (laughs) But you get what I'm saying where it's less is more and I didn't know what to to pinpoint when I'm thinking pages later, a good descriptor, something that will stick Mm -hmm. with your mind will be very simple. And Terry Pratchett does it all the time where it's a simple thing here and doesn't overdo it. And it sticks in your mind because it was important and focused on, but when everything is focused on, it's almost like nothing's focused on. Does that make sense? I guess I get the point. For me, it's, I like it, but yeah, 
the writing for the most part doesn't stick out to me. The scene that I think was just written so well, it probably the of the best scenes from this book, mm-hmm. I think the duel with Matt in the beginning is one of the best written. It's just so bombastic, fun, and just it's bound it's just energetic. Not just the fight itself, but the thought process between each of the characters, how people are reacting to it, going into it. You're it is said with less of you get everyone's perspective on who Matt is, who Matt thinks he him he is himself, and everyone kind of having their own perception is very clear. And then the drop moment of oh things are different perceptions have now been changed and so i love how everything shifts around this i love how that scene is described and explained and it's done very quickly like you said less is more less is more i totally agree with that um and yeah that was a better done scene for sure but then there's other scenes maybe this comes with the does his prose affects the pacing obviously oh yeah he has longer (laughs) He is it's more akin to that classic yeah. fantasy of really stretching it out. But think about this. That this is what's massively impressive about Tolkien, why I think it's just mm-hmm. like gold, liquid gold, or textual gold. <laughs> the trilogy from Tolkien, you know, like you know this, this isn't news to you, is a little bit longer than one wheel of time book. And think about how much that like that is efficient and it's beautiful and that's why he's the goat. Okay, <laughs> but then uh, some. So yeah. of course this is Robert Jordan's choice that he's using. Uh, but another another example where of course this isn't wrong, mm-hmm. but he'll have he'll have a character characters walk into a room or a different person walk into a room. There's a moment where I remember we got the reactions of Lan. Loyal, Moraine, and Perrin, and how they all inter- how they all reacted to this one event, and yeah. described distinctly each of them. That's okay, but he does just enough to where I'm like, damn, I just want to focus on one of them, or just something to stick out so it can pull me into this moment more, and then the others can be described later. Because he'll kind of pound you, uh, not over the head with it, but he'll he'll give you all the info at that time. And then go into yeah. it where maybe if he interweaved it more. Again, I'm going to stop acting like I, I know how to write better than Now you're the pretentious one. <laughs> exactly. But that, that's just why the prose isn't like isn't my favorite prose. I so. understand. For Wheel of Time, it's, it is drawn out. You are given probably more information than what you particularly want at that moment. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. Which I think... It's all this. This whole series is really fun to think about in hindsight because now you about you have all this knowledge in your head yeah. that can play around and that you didn't think was important, and then later you go, "Oh my god, that is important," uh-huh. and it gives something to ruminate on. If there's not, you know, if it's shorter, there's not much to think about. You know, mm-hmm. like you get a couple reactions and the plot happens, boom, bingo, bango, you're done. Bingo, it's bingo. like, okay, there's not much to think about. Yeah, where. I can think about this series so much because, yep. like, how did all those characters react? What does that mean going forward? How were they misinterpreted? How were all of that? So, man, you know what I'm but, afraid of now? Mm-hmm. Is, am I, is my personality going to change like yours did after finishing Wheel of Time? Like, I am now better than 90% of the population. I, I hope so. I have completed a task. <laughs> but here's the thing where I'm agreeing with you on it's not the best ever. Yeah. Is you can give all that information with less words where 
I find Wheel of Time a very easy read because it's laid out fairly simply. It's just long, but it's not compressed, interwoven, and like you have to put the pieces together in this finely knit story. It's more there's a lot of stuff going on, and he lays it out there. I, I here's where I agree with you too, because Sanderson's prose, and mm-hmm. why a big reason that his wife probably chose Sanderson to complete the series is Sanderson doesn't have very different prose from Robert Jordan. Mm-hmm. It's they're using the same tactic of they're using the same tactic as it should be easy to read. I yeah. think Sanderson does it more expertly than Jordan does, and especially with the descriptors and what to focus on. That's just my preference. I think I, I think Sanderson's. Oh, go ahead. The main thing is Sanderson really focuses on giving you that full one. He right from the get go, he wants you to love his character. Yep, yep. Love or hate his character right from the get go, and he wants you to have a really satisfying arc that book. Like, oh, I don't, I don't even just mean the character complete. arc and completion. I'm just mean the the prose. So, oh, okay, yeah, yeah but. I'm even going into the prose itself. It's yeah. just more energetic for yep. a full, complete book. Robert Jordan is going for something different, and he, it's stretched out. Sure. Yeah. Not much else to say in this prose? Yeah. I guess. Okay. I liked it, but yeah, it's not the best okay. I've seen. So there going, go. going on to world building, though. Wait, wait. Did, let me ask you this. Yeah. Is Robert Jordan's prose better than Pierce Brown's? Ooh. Ooh. In some books, Pierce Brown's better. Okay. Yeah. Like, I think Pierce it Brown on is... The book. It depends on the book. I mean, I like think, Dark Age? Yeah, Dark Age better. Dark Age, the prose is better. It's okay. better woven. Yeah. That's I, I'm giving though. you that. That's some great prose. That's Red so Rising, good. for me, it's probably about even. They're going for different things. I think they're about the same of quality. Okay. Like that five the, to six range? or No, I gave Red Rising, like a, I think, a six, six, five of prose. I think it was a 5.5. Oh, did I? I remember. Okay. <laughs> Average. Fair enough. Actually, I don't know if that... I think it was probably right I don't there. know. I, I think I gave it, like, it's good. It's good prose. Okay, fair. But I didn't give it 9 out of 10. Austin, play the clip. <laughs> I'm not playing the clip. Wait, actually, I should. Here, here's what Richard gave. Yeah, I'm, I'm making more work for myself. You're making more work I'm not doing it because then I have to download it from YouTube since it's not saved in the arc. We're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> what did you give the world building? I gave world building a 6 out of 10. The highest rating of That's the sad. Five. Your highest rating is a six out of ten. That hurts me. What would you give it? Seven point two five. Ah, we're not far off. I know, but I'm just going like uh, that's the best. Yeah. It's like oh, okay. Why? So why'd you give it the seven seven two five? I think it's really good. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not all there yet. I I can't. I love the world building in Wheel of Time, but it's the whole series. This piece piece by piece. Mm. There's eventually going to be like a big moment in. The, Several big moments, but in the story where the world building comes to fruition, and I right. have to, and that has been built up over several books, and I'm probably going to give a lot of that world building score. Yep, when it pays off. All right, right now we're getting the seeds. To be fair, I did a lot of that. I think Wave Kings is phenomenal world building, but beyond that, Oathbringer has a lot of the payoffs of things that have been built up since book one, and yeah. you just get that satisfaction. And Oathbringer so much more expansive. Oh, I think that's a 10 out of 10 world building right there. Oathbringer's, mm. did you just shake your head? No. You know I you... feel bad. I, I just, I'm feeling antagonistical right now. You know I, I'm, you gave... I'm feeling defensive. Dude, you gave Oathbringer like a 9 plus. <laughs> <laughs> you probably did. Actually, if my memory's correct, I think you gave a 9.25 on the world building there. Probably. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Why can't? 
<laughs> you're so frustrating, and I I love you for that in, yeah. in a small way, but I hate you for that. Oh yeah, no, I just feel like I have to be against you right now. That's what I'm feeling. You know, is it hard to admit? You know, I want to make you say this because it is true. Is it hard to admit that every Stormlight book so far we've reviewed has been higher than every Wheel of Time book we've reviewed? We reviewed, yeah. But I'll, I'll be uh, honest. <laughs> yeah, it is true. But there are books later on in Wheel of Time that will beat Stormlight. Yes. Uh, But here's the thing. I honestly don't even know if that will truly be the case. Oh, explain that. The series is worth more than the sum of its parts. Yeah, I get you, yeah. When I'm going through, when I'm reading these books, when I initially read it, I read it like one long book. There was no break in between. They were just all blended together. And I was like, oh, it's fantastic. Versus the books kind of feel like chapters. Uh, so you don't get that satisfying conclusion. So there can be set up in one book and then two books later is the payoff. Yeah. So it's hard to rate that one book. Like, fantastic. for example, where the hell's Loghain? <laughs> sure. But then there's other books where the payoff is there. Yeah. But there was no setup because setup was two books ago. Mm-hmm. So am I, am I going to give that score like, did it feel so complete? No. <laughs> So it's weird, you know what I mean? Like, sure. It, then there'll be books where, like, that character just wasn't there this whole book. Right. And so how do I feel about that? Overall, when I compare it as a series as a whole, it's I like it more than Stormlight Archive. Maybe after book five, Stormlight, that'll change. Maybe. Maybe, maybe it'll bring it together. Maybe. But maybe. that's kind of how I feel about it. The world, world building with this book, what'd you like? You said you didn't, it didn't get that world building high as you get later but yeah, why th- is it high no, enough yeah there's no big bombastic world building moments where it stokes that curiosity that okay. comes later however we find out more about the Aiel which I love the Aiel are some of my favorite uh, like fantasy cultures mm. that we're gonna get and further later books explain even further why I love I love them mm. but we get more about the Stone of Tear I love the more of the prophecies of the dragon, how Min's stuff works. Everything about the dragon is further explored. Everything about the different cultures of Carrion, um, the White Tower, the politics, the inner workings, now the Black Aja. We're just getting so much more about the world and how, how they're opposed to one another. And in this book, we get the introduction of, correct me if I'm wrong, the intro is of the White Cloaks. The intro? Like prologue? The prologue, prologue is basically the White Cloak perspective, right? I'm uh, not wrong. No, g- give me the character name. Remind me. Um, oh, shoot. Am I, am I just completely off base? No, the pro- you might not be off base. It's just... I don't know the name of the White Cloak. He's the leader of the White Cloaks. Oh, yes, yes, it was. Ped- Pedron yes. Ni- Nile. Yes. Pedron yes. Nile. Yeah, yeah. So you get his perspective, and I like that they wait. Man, that was a... That was in this book. Yeah. Okay. It, it was the first part, so it's kind of hard to remember. I, I did forget about that, actually. But I like how they set that up now mm-hmm. because they're the bad guys. Clearly, we got mm-hmm. two books of that, that they're the evil ones. They're killing the eyes to die. They're all this religious fanatics. But you see his perspective, and you see why and how they are so wrong and where they're at. They're, you as the reader know they're stupid. But their lack of information is understandable. And so 
I enjoy those little payoff moments of like I'm getting to know, understand all these. Why they're they're the not world. willing to work with the dragon? They want to solve this themselves. It, yeah, and just how they feel about Aes Sedai and why, right. and then not, yeah, they are the ones that don't uh, believe. So, what a lot of different groups mm-hmm. follow along with the dragon. They're like the dragon is reborn. Yep. All these prophecies. Why do the white cloaks not follow it? Because they're like, oh, it's an Aes Sedai prophecy. It's lies from the Aes Sedai. Mm. And they are in service of the Dark One. So it's like, of course they're antithetical to the dragon. Because they don't believe the prophecies. And so all the moving makes sense to me. So I love all that world building sprinkled in. Sweet. I, I got to say one thing I give big credit to Wheel Time for. It's not the most fascinating. Right? I, I, I think that One Power is interesting. And there's concepts there. I, I like the... The concept of the wheel, which has already been that we're getting more of it, but I don't feel like this book itself can get all the credit for that. It's just, again, some of its parts, so it's a continuation. But one big credit I have to give to the series, although it's not crazy, like, oh, this is a great magic system, or this is like this place, like the Shire so clear, or the Shattered Plains, the geography. It doesn't have something like that that stands out for me yet. Mm-hmm. That is just extraordinarily deep and like a Piranesi book. All these that we've read in the past that have different things and elements that make it fascinating. I could keep like even sci-fi Hyperion which we have to do an episode on Mm -hmm. they're just different than this and yeah of course everything's different but something this does that I appreciate more maybe I would have rated this lower in the past but as I've read worse worlds worlds that I won't mention some that are more I won't mention the one that we're both talking about remember we read two chapters of ah but the reason I'm not mentioning it is because it's not a very big author I don't want to punch like down yeah you don't want to do that so just understanding how hard it is to put the reader in, in a world where things connect and you you understand where you are is a yeah. very difficult thing to do. And I, I, I guess that sounds simple saying it out loud, but it's no, hard. No joke. It's like hard getting to like, do. Things are in this direction. You are here. You're not there. This is where people are. And this is how the world works. Pulling that off is no easy task. And even though it's not my favorite thing, I gotta respect that. And I don't know about you, but in this book more so than the previous ones, it feels like the world is moving outside the characters. Yeah, and I definitely felt every time I went back to listen to it, and I listen to it mostly when I'm in the car or when I'm running or I'm doing some other task, so it's there. I I don't want to say this to make you happy. I'm don't come on, make me happy. (laughs) Here's the one thing: We'll, we'll end it on a decent note. Because even though I didn't rate it super high, every time I went to listen to it, and this is the weird position I have where I don't hate the series, I don't love the series, I'm just, I'm generally empathetic, but it was a little cozy to go back, put it in my ear, and be like, <laughs> we're back, and I know what to expect, I'm doing dishes, I'm doing whatever, I'm like, aw, there's Matt in my ear. I don't, I don't know how to explain it other than I'm not hugely invested, but at the same time, I felt comfortable. This show, the, the series is very comfortable. Yeah. Like the world... Is that weird, though, for someone? Like, I didn't love it, but I felt comfort... The comfort there, I think, is because the world feels real. Yeah. It's, it yeah, that's feels, the credit to the world. You, It's not hard. Yeah. It's not hard to, like, invent... Like, you don't have to suspend your disbelief a ton. It just kind of easily invites you in, and it's just... It feels real in that sense, so it's comfortable. Yep. I'm not having to try really hard to be invested in the world. Right, right. And, like ground myself in what's happening i believe everything that's going on yeah that's like your grandpa telling you a story yeah by the hearth Mm. the hearth did you have a hearth growing up 
No, I just think it's a cool word. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to throw it in there. You know what I haven't yeah. said in a while? Hmm. Teeter my totter. Oh, God. I need to You're keep... trying to make it a thing. I it's really not going to be a thing. Hey, we're going to have merch soon. That's going to be on the merch. You know it is. And you're going to have control over where the money goes to the merch. <laughs> it's going to be beautiful. So imagine we have no other merch other than Teeter My Totter. And I will be so upset. <laughs> <laughs> Mugs, bookmarks, everything. Ugh. But hey, I'm glad that I, maybe it's looking up. I'm hoping that book four will turn it around for you. Yeah. But you guys actually let us know if you are, if Austin is not interested in book four and he's still going like sub five, not not vibing with it, should we move on to Malazan? I may continue with my my reread and just have my own fun here, but should we move on to a different series? Tell us what you think. I will say, Rich and hmm. audience, I don't mind, even, let's say I rated this a three or two, I don't mind not liking things. Because yeah. expanding my readership of even things I don't like or kind of okay with or love, I think it's important to read all types of things. So I don't mind. Okay. This, isn't, this isn't a struggle. And I okay. like I like talking about it, but if it's not enjoyable for people to listen to, like me being on this side, you being that, I think it provides something where we're not. Yeah. If we are both positive and both felt the same, it's maybe not as interesting. So I don't know. Let let us know what you think. Well, it yeah. would definitely be a different conversation. Of the conversation would be far more on me giving a perspective of second reader, yeah, and you giving the first reader. But we would feel somewhat similar on yeah. it. But now it's more. But our conversation now is more. Dislike, like. Yeah. Yeah. That's anyway. Fair. Okay. But let us know down below. <gasps> what? If I don't like I book trying. four, <laughs> if I don't like book four, we could do a reread of Rev Rising. Oh, part no, two. No. <laughs> part three. <laughs> just make the channel just hammer it into your head. Uh, we're going to get to like A chapter by chapter breakdown of Red Rising. Every every pod episode every week. If you're a listener only, you can't see Richard's face, but he's very excited. He's very look at that oh. face. He's so happy. We just do chapter one. Red Rising is the next pod. Chapter two. Red Rising. I know you could do it though. You could talk for an hour on chapter one of Red Rising. No joke. Like I, I still think of the Laurel every day. <laughs> really, the Laurel. <laughs> You ever see that TikTok trend of people thinking about uh, how often guys think of the Roman Empire? Yeah. That's me. How often do you think of Red Rising and the and the Laurel, or not just the Laurel? How many how many times a day you think of Red Rising? Yes, <laughs> that's my answer. And comment down below. How many times a day do you think of Red Rising? <laughs> the the answers are. I don't want to read the answers. It's, yeah. it's going to be insulting. All right. Bye bye, everyone. Bye bye. See you next week. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.